last Sunday morning on a topic that we got into uh, for a little while. We run out of time. And so I want to pick back up where I left off last Sunday. If you want to stand for the reading of the Word of the Lord, we'll go back to Romans chapter 6. Romans chapter 6 and verse number 18. Romans 6 and verse number 18. Also, while you're turning in your Bibles, there is some forms, I believe, on the welcoming desk also uh, to update uh, address information, uh, name information. Uh, <clears throat> we don't have a membership role, but membership information and uh, where we'll be able to get in contact uh, in case of an emergency or, or it's uh, storm time around here. And uh, so in case we need to get a hold of somebody, checking on everyone, making sure everybody's doing okay. So we would appreciate you to fill out those forms. The areas that need to be filled out are highlighted. There's a lot of questions on there that's not necessary, but fill out the highlighted areas. And also we will be updating our, our, um, our what you call it, their uh, directory. Thank you for helping me there. I am getting old before my time. Romans chapter 6, verse number 18, the Scripture says, Being then made free from sin, ye become the servants of righteousness. I speak after the manner of men because of the infirmity of your flesh. For as ye have yielded your members' servants to uncleanness and to iniquity, Unto iniquity, even so now yield your members servants to righteousness unto holiness. For when you were servants of sin, you were free from righteousness. What fruit had ye then in those things whereof ye are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. But now being made free from sin and become servants of God, Ye have your fruit unto holiness, and the end everlasting life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. I feel like serving God's the best, the best of the trade. Amen. I love serving God. Not just for the promises that God has promised us, because we will have eternal life instead of death and damnation to our soul, but also it's just a good life living for God. Lord bless you. You may be seated. The works of the flesh is what we were dealing with Last Sunday, uh, we got pretty extensive into the works of the flesh and kind of run out of time, so I would try to pick up where we left off. Uh, there is more than what would meet the eye in the works of the flesh. The works of the flesh cover many, many, many areas of our life. Very important to know the works of the flesh. There are 17 works of the flesh. 
And so that does not mean that there's only 17 things that are fleshly activities and things that we should abstain from. But these 17 works of the flesh cover a multitude of areas in our life. So it is very important if we do not want to fulfill the works of the flesh to look and to see what the works of the flesh really are. Now, uh, going back over a few things from last week, there are four divisions of the works of the flesh. There are four sins of lust. That is in verses 1 through 4. There are four sins of lust. There are two sins of idolatry and superstition. So there are two that is mentioned of idolatry and superstition. There is, boy, this is an amazing thing. There are nine that deals with sins of temper. Ooh, nobody has any trouble with that, I know. But nine that deals with sins of temper. And then there are two that deals with sins of appetite in eating and drinking and worldly living. So, in four different divisions, 17 works of the flesh. Now, you ask us, we're talking about the works of the flesh. Shall we get into the fruit of the Spirit? Yes, that will come. But we need to know what we're trying to keep from doing also. Galatians chapter 5, verses number 16 through 21. This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. That is so simple. Walk in the Spirit, and you will not fulfill the, fle- the lust of the flesh. Or, excuse me, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not. Absolutely will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the lust of the f- for the flesh lusteth against the Spirit. It's kind of like I heard one person say, he said, I don't have any doubt that God can do it. Whatever I need done, God is able to do it. They said it's just hard to get Him to do it sometimes. So I don't have any doubt in what the Spirit is able to do and able to give us strength over and strength above, strength through. But sometimes we have problems with this flesh. For the flesh lusteth against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary the one to the other, so that ye cannot do the things that ye would. But if ye be led of the Spirit, ye are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which... The works, now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these. Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, and hatred. That's the ones that we got to last week. Emulations, wrath, are variants. Emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like, of the which I tell you before, as I have told you in times past. They, that they, 
which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Shall not. Absolutely will not. Not a chance. It's not going to happen. They that do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. How many wants to go to heaven? So we need to know that we are not to fulfill the lust of the flesh. Now I read in Romans chapter 6, it says the Apostle Paul speaking to the church at Rome, he said, I speak after the manner of men because of the infirmity of your flesh. Now what does infirmity mean? It's a state of being weak in health, especially of old age. You say, oh, well, I am a seasoned saint. I have been in this a long time. I no longer need to hear that. But especially as we grow older in Christ, we need to hear it that much the more about the works of the flesh. Because he said, of your infirmity of the flesh, your weakness of the flesh. We need to hear what the works of the flesh are. So let's go into that, try to pick up where we left off. We left off on hatred, dealing with hatred, what hatred is. Amen. And so we will pick up on number eight is variance. Now, this is dissension or discord, debating and dispute. Always causing friction. Always stirring up something. Always got something going on. Now these are works of the flesh. These are things that we should abstain from. These are things that we should keep ourselves from. Uh, you know, always, just continually... Over and over and over again, got to have something going. There are those who are not happy unless they're stirring a stink. Amen. Amen. I, I remember <clears throat> uh, a few years ago, my daddy preaching, and he was talking about being at a garbage dump. And uh, people just, it was an open dump, and people come and dump their garbage where... Well, if you you ever been to the dump, you will see that there are those people that sit there waiting on you to dump out your garbage, to go through your garbage, to stir up your garbage, to see if there's anything that could be of use there. And they might, every once in a while, find something that is good. But when you're stirring up a stink, you're going to get stink on you also. When you're digging in a garbage dump, you're going to smell like a garbage dump. You go out there and crawl around in that dumpster out there, you're going to smell like what's in that dumpster. Garbage. So be careful when you're trying to stir up discord among the brethren. Men and women. Amen. It doesn't matter how you're doing so. If you're doing so on the phone, face to face, over the internet, Facebook, Texting, whatever, whatever the means may be, let it be done, amen, to edify and to glorify the work of God. 
and not to stir up problems. Emulations, number nine. This is envies. This is jealousy. This is striving to excel at the expense of others. Seeking to surpass or outdo others. Rivalry in spirit, in religion, in business, society, and other fields of endeavor. Translated one place, zeal. Another, a fervent mind. Another, indignation. Another, jealousy. Another, emulation. So emulation is one of the works of the flesh. Jealousy, always jealous of what somebody else has. Always jealous of where somebody else is going. Always jealous of what somebody else is doing. And think, this is the society that we are living in today. We are living in a jealous society. We are living in a society that's trying to outdo somebody else. They are fighting for the top of the ladder. To be the one that is on top. To be the one who everybody looks at and says, that person is extremely successful. That is what kind of world that we are living in. It's a dog-eat-dog world. You ever heard that expression? Do what you can. Step on who you have to to get to the top. That's what the world is. And if we're not very careful, that falls over into the church of God. Whatever we have to do, whoever we have to hurt, whoever may fall by the wayside, where we can succeed in life and where we're trying to go, just do whatever you have to do. That is not the plan and that is not the will of God. You've got to outdo the Joneses. You've got to have a bigger house. You've got to have a prettier car. You've got to have a nicer boat. You've got to have nicer clothes. But look at what so-and-so's wearing. I must outdo that Sunday. Until we are living in a world that has spent themselves into debt. Spending money that we don't have. Money that we cannot afford to pay back. Credit cards. Going through the roof, paying 22% interest. Just because we've got to have it, and we've got to have it now at anyone's expense. Think about this. I, I remember uh, my grandpa, he had a philosophy, and I guess he lived by that. Kind of quiet this morning. Now, don't y'all get used to this every Sunday morning, because I still like to preach on Sunday morning. I just felt... Kind of like God wanted me to teach on this. And so I can remember him, uh, and I, I was very young at the time, but I can remember them talking about my grandpa uh, did not ever buy anything on credit. He said, the Bible said, oh, no man, nothing. He said, if you ain't got the money to pay for it, don't go buy it. Wait till you can pay for it. Now, I haven't lived up to that, I must say. But can you imagine, can you imagine what you would save on interest if you live by that law of your life? I know sometimes it is about impossible to do so. Uh, we say, oh, well, back then a car wasn't thirty-five or $45,000, but 
Back then, they didn't make $35, $45 an hour either. So we, we look at these things and, and what we, I, I, you know, we just went through, uh, our, our, I guess we're still in it. A lot of people are still in it. A lot of parts of the country are still having difficult times. But they made it very easy for everyone to buy a home. Amen. Everybody, all the financial companies was financing them. The government was financing them. Everybody was working together where everybody could have a home. Everybody could have a home. And what happened was a lot of people borrowed more than what they were able to pay back. I can remember, this is what happened to me personally. I can remember when I was uh, buying the home that we now live in. I was trying to borrow a certain amount of money. And... Uh, the house appraised for quite a bit more than what I was trying to borrow. And I was talking to a company. They'd never seen me. They didn't know who I was. All they had was my Social Security number. And they told me over the phone, said, we can give you another $100,000 on this home. I said, but I don't need it. They said, yeah, but you can have it. I said, but what am I going to do with it? Do whatever you want to do with it. We don't care. But this is what we are allowed to lend on this particular home. And this is what you're rated for. I said, but i got to pay that back, don't I? Oh, yeah. But over a period of 30 years. And I was thinking, man, hey, I could have fun with 100000 extra dollars in my pocket. I could buy this. I could buy that. And I got thinking also, you're going to have to pay that back. And then I started doing the math. And I said, I can get a 15-year loan or a 30-year loan. What's the difference of that? <laughs> when I looked at what they were going to make off of me, I was going to pay that back plus a lot more. And But, but what, what we are doing in a society, you know, and, and we've, my parents raised me, and uh, they pretty much gave me things that I wanted. And I've raised my children to have things that they wanted, not necessarily just what they needed, but what they wanted. And so what, what we are doing now is we are used to getting things right now. And so the world, the country, has spent themselves into debt. And now we're trying to get, oh, get somebody to... To pay you off, get get somebody to bail you out, get somebody to do something for you, get somebody to help you, get somebody. But this is something that we've gotten our own selves into. But what has happened in in life, the Bible says that this is a work of the flesh. This is the desire of the flesh. That I want to be better than you. Now you see where I'm going. I want to have a bigger one, a bigger car, a bigger home, a bigger vacation spot than what you got. Because that is our human nature, is for somebody to look and say, wow, they must really be successful because look what they have. I can remember uh, my mama telling me about when her and my daddy first met. Of course, most of you know the story. My daddy was preaching in, 
in Louisiana, went down there, seen my mother. He was so intelligent, he told me, that he was so much smarter than what I was, that he knew her for seven days, and then they got married. That sounds intelligent. And then my mother was telling me about the experience. She said, man, said he come down there and he had this beautiful car. Had those big headlights on it. Big continental kit on the back of it. Man, he had the nice clothes. Nice shoes. Very nice looking. He looked like a million dollars. I'd never been to where he lived. I don't even think he had a house at the time. Living in his car. <laughs> she said, I didn't know he was behind on his car note. He passed her to church. And when I got there, I didn't know he didn't have anybody in the church. <laughs> but, see, he was living something that he really wasn't. And so, what we, that's, that's our nature is to show everybody. Look, look. And we're so far in debt. I'm telling you, when you get in debt, you get to be a miserable person. Oh, that's good preaching right there. Amen. But, but when we let this work its way into the church, I've got to sing better than them. I've got to testify better than them. I, I've got to do better than them. I, I've got to be used more than them. I've got to do such and such. I've got to sit in the high place. You know, I really should be sitting on the platform up there. Trying these things, jealousy. Jealous of somebody else. Jealous of somebody else singing. Jealous of somebody else playing. Jealous of somebody else testifying. Jealous of somebody else preaching. Jealous of somebody else being used. Striving to excel at another's expense. Cutting somebody else down to make you look better. Did you hear them? I would have got that note, but they didn't. I can hit that note and they just won't let me up there. Cutting somebody else down to try to make you excel. Trying to surpass others. Bad business deals. I'm telling you, this Holy Ghost will still make you operate business right. Amen. If there's anybody that anyone wants to do business with, it ought to be a born-again child of God. Because they know, hey, they're honest. Now, if you're dishonest in business, you're, you're fulfilling the works of the flesh. You say, oh, it's a business deal. All is fair in love and war. That's not correct. That's not pleasing to God. Emulation. Amen. Jealousy. Strife. Oh, I better get off of that. Wrath. Let's deal with number ten. Wrath. Indignation. Furiousness. Domestic and civil turmoils, rage, determined, determined and lasting anger. See, the Bible makes provision for anger. 
The Scripture said, be angry and sin not. So evidently you can get upset every once in a while and really not commit sin. But what he is talking about, your wrath, that is a lasting anger. It's something that I can't get over. Let's deal with that a little while. Let's, let's break that down. Let's look at ourselves a little while. Such and such done me wrong. And bless God, I forgive them, but I haven't forgotten. Your wrath, that's a work of the flesh. That's what the devil wants to be happening in the church and in your life. I don't care if it's outside these four walls or if whoever you're angry at sitting in here today. It's still displeasing to God and it's still a work of the flesh. You've got to learn how to forgive. The Scripture tells us in the, what we know as the Lord's Prayer. His disciples said, Lord, teach us to pray as John also taught his disciples. So Jesus began to teach them to pray. One of the things that he said, he said, forgive us our sins. You know what else he said? As we forgive those that are indebted, that are have sinned against us. Forgive us just like we are able to forgive. Think about that. Forgive us, Lord, just like I'm able to forgive. Do you want to receive the same forgiveness that you have given? Now hear me. And hear me good, listen, everybody, I know I'm going a little bit slow. It's not real exciting, but it's right anyway. We might shout or something tonight, get excited tonight. It's hard to get excited when you're dealing with stuff that we're going through. Amen. So, so here, here we are, living life. Living life, you, you have people that, anybody ever been upset? I've had people make me upset. Amen. You ever get up, get, get this, just angry with somebody? Not, not that you sin, but, but just that angry that the Lord is talking about, getting angry every once in a while. Jesus got angry. He was angry at sin a lot of times. He got so angry, he took a whip and started running people out of the house of God. That's pretty angry. I, I've got angry before, but I ain't ever took a whip and he, in here and started running people out. But but anyway, angry. But then when bitterness and envy and strife starts to take hold and root down in our heart and in our spirit. You ever heard somebody say this about someone? They died an angry old man. A bitter old man. They couldn't ever get over a problem. They couldn't get ever pa- couldn't ever get past something that someone had done or something that someone had said. I want to tell you, by the mercy and the grace of God, I've been hurt before. I've had people to say things. I know nobody in here has ever said anything ugly about me. But I've had people to say things that was hurtful, that I did not appreciate it at all. But I refuse to let bitterness take root in my heart. 
I felt like that I was justified before in my anger that I held against somebody. But when I went to prayer, I realized that I had no justification whatsoever. Because you had to forgive. You have to forgive. You have to forgive. You have to forgive. You have to offer forgiveness. Amen. Wrath, your wrath, your anger, lasting. You men and women are to really enjoy this. She can't be mad at you forever. He can't be mad at you forever. Must forgive. If you want to have a relationship, you better learn how to forgive quick. Amen. You better learn how to get over it fast. You better learn how to hurry up and get on with life. Life is too short to be mad all the time. You know, I've got... Never mind. Let's don't get into that. Let's move on to number 11. Strife. 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 Excuse me. Strife. Strife. What is strife? Again... Man, these are a lot to deal with the same thing. Contentions. Juggling. Strife about words. Angry. Contentious. Superiority. Our advantage. Endeavor to equal our payback in kind. The wrongs that was done to another. I'm going to get you back. You know, we always do that and uh, use those little phrases. Uh, I guess one of the places that this is, we can look to for an illustration on this is uh, playing basketball. Now, when we play basketball, we don't have referees. We're kind of our own referees. That kind of gets out of hand at times. And so the, the easiest way to stop a guy from fouling is foul him back. And when he clotheslines you when you're going for a basket, what do you say? Wait till you come back down on the other end of the court. I'm going to get you back. And so it gets rougher and rougher and rougher to where I have seen it a few times where it was uh, a quite heated conversation going on. On the basketball court. But in life it is just the very same way. You've done it to me. I'm going to get you back. You did me that way. Now how you like it when it's turned around. You laughed at me. Now I'm going to laugh at you. You made fun of me. Now I'm going to make fun of you. Strife. Amen. Getting one back for the wrongs. Done to one. Now it does not say that, it does not diminish the fact that you were done wrong. It just says that you can't have that get back attitude. Woo! Lord have mercy. Number 12, seditions, divisions, popular disorder. Stirring up of strife in religion and government. Home or in any other place. 
stirring up strife, stirring up things that are better left alone. But it's amazing when you get into these, they're all over and over. The apostle writes again and again more of the same. Refer to number 8, refer to number 9, refer to number 10, refer to number 11, refer to number 12. Over and over he's dealing with these things and, and he's getting down to where we're living. And he says, don't be caught up in disorder. God has not called us to rioting. Amen. We are peaceful and God-loving. God did not call us to defend ourselves against the government. God took care of His church. Rioting against government leadership. There are things, there are ways to Approach things without getting in the street and screaming and hollering, protesting, all of these things. God called us to peace. Amen. For things that we, oh, but it's something I believe in. But there's a right way to do things. Amen. You go vote. (laughs) That would help. (laughs) Amen. You be informed of who you are voting for. That would help. But God has not called us to that. God did not call us to take up our arms in case the government comes against us to protect ourselves. God fed His people in biblical times. God will feed His church today. You say, oh, what if the government craters? I got God. My hope is not in the government. My hope is in God. What if this happens? What if if tribulation comes? Amen. My Bible tells me that God's going to take care of us. Amen. God's going to protect us. God's going to help us. God's going to strengthen us. God's going to feed us. I've got my faith in God, not in this world. Oh, it's still true anyway. Amen. Stirring up disorder in the church. You find somebody that disagrees with something and you want to find somebody that will disagree and, and, and get on your side. If we can stir up enough strife, we can cause enough problems, maybe the preacher will leave. Maybe he won't. I kind of like it here myself. Amen. Maybe, maybe we can get enough and we can stir up enough strife. That is displeasing to God. Amen. That's not the way that God has set order in the house of God and in the church of God. Amen. Stirring up something against a brother or a sister. That's not the plan and that's not the will of God. You hear what so-and-so did? Let me tell you that. It ain't none of your business. The Scripture said, pray for one another. Learn how to pray for one another, not gossip about one another. But learn how to pray and to help and to encourage one another. You don't go to them and say, I heard what you did. 
No, it doesn't matter what you heard. When you hear it, don't get on the phone or the computer and spread it. But go tell God, God, help so and so. God, help our church. God, strengthen our church. We want to be the church that you would have us to be, God. That's good preaching right there. Amen. That's good stuff right there. That's what will help us live right. That's what will help us get from here to glory. I'm on my way to heaven, church. Amen. I'm on my way to heaven. Whatever I have to shed here on earth, I want to put it beside me, behind me, and I want to press for the mark of the high calling of God. Hallelujah. 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 Stirring up. Always. Again, number eight. Variance. Stirring up discord. Again, number twelve. Sedition. Stirring up strife. Stirring up problems. Amen. I don't think we shout over, over sin. And I don't think we have church over sin. But I think for the sinner there must be room for repentance. Not only for the sinner but the saint of God. There is room for repentance. And for the saint of God I'm thankful that somebody had mercy on me. Not only God but people must show mercy. Amen. Some of you is holding bitterness in your heart. I can tell by the way you act. Amen. Somebody's holding strife in their heart against a brother, against a neighbor, against a fellow saint of God. But I want to tell you, you're not going to. You're, the scripture said, "Those who do such things shall not." That's that's just what it said. I. Don't get mad at the messenger. Get mad at the message. That's what the message said. It said, you're, you're not going. You are not going. Just, that's pretty plain. But number 13, now we're going to, maybe, well, no, we're going to get back into some of this. Heresies. A belief that rejects the true faith. A belief that rejects the true faith. I want to tell you, if it's against this Word and what this Word teaches, it's just heresy. Man's ideas, man's opinions, and man's philosophies does not make it so and does not make it right. This Scripture, this Bible is our road map. A lot of people want to tear some pages out of this because it does not go away with their belief and their ideas and their grandma or grandpa's. But it does not change it. The Scripture just says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. It still says the plan of salvation is this. You must repent. You must be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. And then you must be filled with the Holy Ghost. And then the Scripture said, This promise is unto you and to your children and all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. We will find that this is so important that, that the Apostle Paul went and rebaptized John's disciples. And Jesus said, There is no greater than John the Baptist. But we find where Paul said in the book of Acts, he said, 
Then uh, he met certain of John's disciples and he asked them, said, Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? And they said, We haven't as much as heard if there be any Holy Ghost. He said, Then how are you baptized? They said, Under John's baptism. He said, Oh, John baptized under repentance, saying there's one that's coming after me. Amen. Amen. And then the Apostle Paul took them. He laid his hands on them and they received the Holy Ghost. And then he took them and baptized them in the name of the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. There's still one way to be saved. There's still one way to be saved. I'm glad that I know the mighty God in Christ. Amen. Timothy 3.16 says, Great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the Spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, received in the glory. Who did He say? God was. Who preached unto the Gentiles? Jesus did. Who was received in the glory? Jesus was. Amen. The mighty God in Christ. And Jesus is His name. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. So what is heresy? A heresy is, is any belief that rejects the true faith. Amen. We are built on the, the prophets and the apostles' doctrine. Amen. Woo! Hallelujah. Praise God. It's the truth. Amen. Number 14 is envy. Lord, just when I thought we was going to get off of that, we get back on it. Got you excited about one God, and now we've got to bring it back down again. We believe that. Boy, this other stuff. Hmm. Envings. Number 14, envings. What is envings? Pain, ill will, and jealousy. At the good fortune are the blessings of another. The most based on of all degrading and disgraceful passions. I don't understand why they can have a new one and I can't. I don't understand why they blessed and it don't look like I'm blessed. I don't understand why. You don't have to understand. Amen. God's will is that everyone be in good health and prosper. Sometimes God looks at us and says, I can't trust you with the blessing. Or where is that solid pulpit when I need it? I can crawl up there and hide. I want to get me some, if looks could kill. <laughs> but but we, we cannot be trusted. Some people cannot be trusted with health. The Scripture said, before I was afflicted, I went astray. Whatever you have to do to me, God, whatever you have to do, don't let me be lost. Some of you can't be trusted with the fine automobile. Some of you can't be trusted with a million dollars. In fact, I don't guess any of us can be trusted with that. Can't be trusted because we forget the blesser. 
and we start worshiping the bless, the blessing. We spend more time with the blessing than we do the blesser. Hallelujah. 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 So since we don't have it, bless God, I don't want anybody else to have it. No, 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 no. Thank God for the blessings of my brother. Some people don't like the preacher having anything. But they sure don't mind coming to him when they need something. <laughs> oh, praise God. That's good right there. You know that? And you know God only blesses the ministry after He blesses the laity, the saints, which are you. I can't be blessed without you being blessed. My blessing is depending on your blessing. That's God's blessing plan. And when you learn that, you will be blessed. Hallelujah. The blessings of God. Rejoice over somebody else's blessing. Man, I'm proud of you. You got a new car. I'm proud of you getting a new house. I tell you what, that ain't the color I would have got. I'm proud of you wearing nice boy. Did you see that hairdo? Who does she think she is? Woo, I feel like shouting, praise God. I feel like I'm the only one today. <laughs> Envies. Envious of somebody else's possessions. And belonging. You will never be blessed being envious. They got that promotion on the job and I should have got it. No, just work harder and pray longer and God will bless you. God's will is that you be good in good health and prosper. There might be just a period of time God's got to just see. God took Abraham... To the mountain, he said, take your son, your only son, Isaac. Go to the mountain and offer him a sacrifice unto me. I want to see if you love the blessing more than you love the blesser. That's difficult stuff right there. I love my kids. Ooh, can you imagine? You say, oh, it wasn't the same connection <laughs> You lost your mind. This man had been waiting on this for how many years? And he finally got the blessing. He finally got, was able to hold and look at the blessing. And God said, take the blessing to the mountain and offer it a sacrifice. If God takes your house, you lose your house, you lose your car, you lose your family, will you still serve Him? Or will you sit around and have a pity party and say, Life is not fair to me, oh bless my soul. Abraham never hesitated at the word of God. He takes his son and he goes to the mountain. And he puts his son on the altar and draws back the knife. And God says, Now I know. 
Now I know you love the blesser more than the blessing. Now I know that you are my true friend. I want to tell you today, sometimes God lets us go through things to see our reaction to things, to see if He can trust us with the blessing that God wants to bless us with. Some of you say, my Lord, hadn't I found that I'm trustworthy yet? God, am I not trustworthy yet? You're doing good. You, you hanging in there. Just hang in there a little bit longer. The blessing is on the way. But you, in the midst of going through the trial, you cannot get envious of those who look like everything is going well. But you've got to keep the faith. Amen. Job said, though God slay me, yet will I trust Him. I will not be envious of those who have had no trouble and had no trials and had no temptations. God has taken everything away from me, but blessed be the name of the Lord. I'm still going to worship God. I'm still going to praise God. I'm still going to magnify God because I'm in love with the blesser and not the blessing. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Envious of somebody else's spiritual blessing or spiritual gift. When they come up and they pray through and they shout, they ain't got no business shouting. They did me wrong. They've been forgiven and it's forgotten. Don't get envious of their blessing. You get up there and get you one too. Murderers. You cannot kill to spoil or mar the happiness of another. Hatred. You cannot kill physically. And you cannot kill emotionally or spiritually. I don't guess any of us in here really wants to kill anybody. But we have killed with our tongue spiritually. And emotionally destroyed. No murderers are going to go. Spoiling somebody else's happiness by taking someone's life. Drunkenness. They say, oh, why is drinking wrong? Well, number 16, drunkenness. Living intoxicated, a slave to drink, not pleasing to God, can't go there. It's a work of the flesh. You say, oh, just, just a little bit here and there. It's not going to stop it a little bit. Just try it. Just try it. Besides of all the problems that it would cause you. Living intoxicated. You cannot get so high on life that you are intoxicated with life. Amen. That's number 16. Number 17 is the end one. There's only 17, so we will be closing here shortly. Revelings. Rioting. Lasciviousness, festings, with obscene music and other sinful activities and pleasures. 
carousing. Why is it wrong for me to listen at this type of music? Because it's promoting the lust of the flesh. There's a tear in my beer. And you don't even believe in drinking. A few years ago, they were playing this rock and roll music back, backwards. And you'd get crazy messages out of them because they was playing it backwards. I know you've all heard this, but they said they started playing a country music backwards. And you got your wife back. You got your dog back. You got sober. You got your home back. Why do we need to be partaking in stuff? That's talking about, whoo, you're a married man. You're a married woman, and it's talking about somebody else looking so great. I wonder what it'd be like to be with them. It's promoting the works of the flesh. Adultery and fornication is one of the works of the flesh. And so it is promoting drunkenness. It's promoting carousing. It's promoting sinful activities and sinful natures. Probably not a lot of anybody in here too much that has any problems with hip-hop or rap or, or uh, rock. All that's wrong, too. We can't even talk about what they're talking about. Amen. Killing cops, shooting people. It's amazing what they are promoting, and this is filling into our minds and our spirits. Be careful, little ears, what you hear. That's still the truth anyway. Be careful because when you hear it so much and it's promoted so much, it gets to be part of you. You say, oh, I, I don't pay any attention to that. Don't tell me. You come too late to tell me that. I can remember songs that I listened to years ago. And them words just still go over and over. I can't. I can read a scripture and forget it in, in two seconds. Music is powerful. Music is persuasive. Music has a spirit about it. Music will get a hold of you. And it will drive you. It will. You say, oh, it ain't got a hold of me. Don't turn it on when you get in your vehicle then. I can control it. Well, just control it. Turn it completely off. Change the station. Get on something worth listening to that edifies and glorifies God and not glorifying and edifying the flesh. Amen. We listen to garbage and then come in to worship a holy God. You can't do that. Oh, praise God. You can't, you can't come in with sin and filth all over you and been laughing about it, talking about it. Lingering on it. Thinking about it and come in and lift up holy hands unto God. Well, I'm dressed right. Don't matter. 
You can have the outside right and be filthy inside. And I want to tell you these things. You say, why I have such a, why do I have such a hard time living for God? Is because you have not separated yourself from the works of the flesh. You've got to draw a line. There's got to be a boundary there. I will not fulfill the works and the lust of the flesh, but I'm going to fulfill the things of God. I'm going to meditate upon the things of God. Whatsoever things are good, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are a good report, the Scripture says that somewhere, I will think on these things. That's what I'm going to think about. That's what I'm going to sing about. Oh, hear me tonight, today, church. Hear me today, church. This will help you in your living for God. This will strengthen you in your living for God. Change your radio station. Get rid of what's on your iPod and get some new stuff on there. Thanks for the clap. It was half-hearted, but thank you anyway. Revelings. Why can't I go to those kind of parties, those kind of festings? Because the works of the flesh is being fulfilled. Sinful activities. Pleasures. Pleasures. Of this life. Amen. Let's stand. Paul said, the reason why I come to you with this today is, I speak after the manner of men because of the infirmity of your flesh. Because your flesh is weak. Because your flesh is feeling down. It's a war that's going on. We're fighting a major battle. It's a battle for our life today. We're fighting. We're fighting. And if we do not keep fighting, we will fulfill the lust of the flesh. I love holiness. I love separation from the world. I love living for God. But I want to tell you today, when we start talking about the lust of the flesh and the works of the flesh, we still have room for improvement. We still have room that we need to improve in. That I will not fulfill the works of the flesh. How do I not fulfill the works of the flesh? The Apostle Paul starts out by saying, he said, if you walk in the Spirit, just in case you're not here next Sunday, if you walk in the Spirit, you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. You cannot make it without praying. How do I get in the Spirit? It's by praying in the Spirit. You cannot make it without praying. God, help us today. Why don't we lift our hands toward heaven and go to the Lord in prayer today? God, we thank You for Your blessings today.